dear brothers and sisters, we all probably know a, a couple that just seemed like the perfect fit for one another. I mean, you could clearly tell. They just, they're so in love with each other. They're, they're inseparable. They never fight or argue as, as far as you can tell. Looks like this couple, they're going to have a long, happy, bright future together. But you all probably know a couple like that who later on you found out broke up or got a divorce. When you hear that, it's just it's devastating. It's sad to see such a, a good-looking relationship be broken. News like that always seems to kind of come unexpectedly. It comes out of left field. It takes us by surprise. Just didn't see it coming. And we start realizing that these, these broken relationships, they, they could come at any stage in life, right? You could have a newlywed couple going off on their honeymoon one year, and already by the next year, they're already filing for a divorce. It can happen that quickly. Or you, you have... A family, a couple that, that has raised a family together. Maybe for a couple of decades they've been doing this. And then they look at each other like strangers when the kids grow up and move out of the house. Stuff like this happens all the time. You know people who've gone through this. Maybe you're a person who's, who's gone through this. Relationships, they don't always turn out the way we would have expected them to. And the one thing that's not surprising about these broken relationships is, is finding out that someone messed up, right? I mean, broken relationships rarely happen in a vacuum, like for no reason. There's always a reason. Someone broke trust in that relationship. Someone wasn't committed. Or more likely, what usually happens, right, both people are kind of equally at fault in dissolving the relationship, those hurtful words and actions just rebounding back and forth off one another. It's sad to see good relationships be shattered like that. And it's sad knowing that we've been in a relationship like that. And this broken relationship, we got no one to blame but ourselves. Our relationship with God was shattered and should be shattered still. We've broken trust with God. We, we run off after all the things he tells us to keep away from. We've experienced his sacrificial love for us, but we turn around and we run off after our love of the world's treasures and the world's pleasures, thinking they're going to satisfy us better than God can. We give in to the seduction of success, forgetting the God who, who blessed us with that success in the first place. Or maybe, maybe we end up like that disciple Peter at Jesus' crucifixion, distancing ourselves from Christ, denying that we even know him when it becomes embarrassing to admit it. We maybe don't always want to show we're, we're connected with Jesus. We're the problem in this relationship our commitment is fickle. Our sins, they shatter our relationship with God. Or at least they should. 
But God remains committed in his relationship to you. God remains faithful always in his relationship with you. God took the initiative to go and bring you back to him. He, he wants you to be his. He fights for you. He bleeds for you. He dies for you. He wins you back. God reconciles us to himself. To reconcile. That, that means God, he restores our relationship with him. Reconciled. Relationship restored. And God's not just doing this for you and me. God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. See, God isn't keeping a tally of all the times that we've broken our commitment to him and our relationship with him. He's not keeping a tally somewhere. God's not stacking up our pile of sins as a debt that we eventually have to pay off to him. He doesn't count any of that against us. It's a lot like what we talked about last week. God remembers our sins no more. God doesn't count them against us. Here in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, I think you might just have the best summary of the gospel in the entire Bible, in my opinion. God reconciles us, restores our relationship with him, by performing a great exchange. God made him, Jesus, who had no sin, to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus, the, the only one with an entirely good relationship with God the Father, he took all our sins upon himself. He took our punishment that we deserved. Jesus was counted as sin for us. He was cut off from God. His right standing with God the Father was swapped out for our broken relationship, our bad standing with God the Father. There was an exchange that happened there. And Jesus, he had no sin. He was born without sin. He never committed sin. But God counted our sins against him. He made him to be sin itself for us. Jesus was, was so thickly covered with the sins of all people that, that he became sin personified. He became sin for us. When God looked at Jesus on the cross, he saw every misdeed by every person that it's ever been done. When God looked at Jesus on the cross, he saw every act that broke our relationship with him. He saw it in Jesus he doesn't see it in, in us anymore. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. And then Jesus, he gives us something in exchange. His righteousness, his right standing with God becomes your right standing with God. You're reconciled. That relationship's restored, redeemed, restored, forgiven, reconciled. What an exchange. And this reconciliation, it's not like the reconciling we do with our bank accounts and our, and our checkbooks, trying to get them to all balance out. 
our act, the act of salvation was not just a simple act of bookkeeping or God doing some kind of accounting trick to correct his ledger so we can be saved. No. God sent his only son to be sin for us. He gave it all up so that he could have us back for himself. Reconciled. And because we're reconciled, we, we get a new identity. We get a new start in our relationship with God. He makes us a new creation. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. God has remodeled us to be totally new people who live by faith. People who live in a good relationship with him. He gives us a new heart within us. He gives us a a new perspective in how we look out at the world and how we look at other people. And you don't have to wait around for this new transformation. The new is here. You've got it already. And our, our new identity, it's so wrapped up in this reconciliation that we have. God, he gives us a new identity as Christ's reconciliation ambassadors. It's kind of a mouthful, reconciliation ambassadors. But this is what was happening at the ascension back in Acts chapter 1. Jesus goes into heaven and he's leaving his earthly ministry behind, ruling all things from heaven. But then he gives his disciples that new identity to be his ambassadors, to be his stand-ins, to bring the message of forgiveness to the entire world. They got a new identity. It's the same identity that you've been given. Christ's ambassador. You've been given the ministry of reconciliation, the ministry of restoring broken relationships. That's your calling. And it, it makes sense. Because we know how our relationship was restored. It makes sense that that we would be the people to go and tell other people about this great exchange that God performed for us on the cross. And this is what an ambassador does. An ambassador simply relays a message for someone in authority. Right? Ambassadors, they don't go and they they don't speak their own opinions, their own demands. They simply go and they're a stand-in for the person they're representing. They just say what they've been told to say. And we've been told to say something pretty cool. God reconciles the world to himself in Christ. He doesn't count people's sins against them. That's what we get to tell people. And, you know, I've been asked by more than one person, actually, uh, why don't we do altar calls here at, at Living Hope? It's a good question, right? A lot of churches do that where they'll have someone come up and commit themselves to Christ at the altar, right? Um, So why don't we do that here? Well, altar calls, they seem to be putting the focus on the wrong person. Kind of seems to be putting all the focus on on me. Like, I have to go up, if I want to be saved, I I have to commit myself to Christ, and then, then he'll commit himself to me. But I better show I'm committed first kind of see how that little bit of backwards thinking compared to what God has just telling us here. God has has already committed himself to us. He's already committed his son to live and die for us. And he he decided to do that before we ever made any move of committing toward him. 
God's committed to his relationship with us even when we break trust in our relationship with him. God's committed in his relationship to us even when we lack commitment. He forgives us, doesn't count that against us. So let's let God do the saving. Let's maybe try and get ourselves out of the picture as far as we can and let God take care of it because that's what he says to do. And yes, faith, faith does play a part in this, right? We, we believe what Jesus has done and that's how it becomes our own. Faith plays a part. But even then, remember, it's all a gift. It's all a gift that we receive. It's not something we got to go and work for. It's not even something you have to go up at an, on an altar call to go and get. It's already yours. So as Christ's ambassadors, we don't go around telling people, if you believe, then God will forgive you. We go around saying, God already forgave you. Believe it. It's a subtle difference, but I think it makes a huge difference. And this, it's pretty cool to think of it, this message of reconciliation, it's, it's not just like, a relationship advice guide. It's not just like 10 steps to improving your relationship today. This is an announcement. It's a declaration. God has reconciled you to himself. And this is what makes the gospel so good. It's not about what we have to do. It's about what God has done. And as as a new creation, we're ambassadors for Christ. That's what we're doing here in Chattanooga. That's why we're here, to give that message of full and free reconciliation. And when we share that message, it's as if God were making his appeal through us. We tell people, be reconciled to God. God's already reconciled himself with you. Trust by faith that this is the truth. Be reconciled because you are already reconciled with God. As a new creation, you know, if, if you don't want to be an ambassador for Living Hope Lutheran Church, that's okay. I'll, be, I'll have my feelings hurt a little bit. But as a Christian, we can be ambassadors for that message of forgiveness. As a new creations, let that message lead us to live like a new creation, to be forgiveness ambassadors. We get to tell people a really cool thing. God's not counting your sins against you. And as a new creation, like we said, we've been given that new perspective in how we look at the world and how we look at other people. This is what Paul was talking about way back in the the first verse of our section here in verse 16. Paul was saying, so from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. When, when Paul looked at people, he no longer saw what was just right in front of his eyes. Age, gender, race, abilities, education, income, personality. When Paul looked at people, he saw them from the perspective of what Jesus had done for them. He saw them from a new perspective of Christ's finished work on their behalf. This is just a great way to look at people. Let's let's look at people the same way Paul did. Let's look at them in light 
of who God declares them to be reconciled. Let's look at them the way God sees them, as his children reconciled to him. As each person is someone God sent Jesus for to win back to himself. Each person is someone as part of this world that God was reconciling to himself in Christ. Each person is someone God desperately wants to have a restored relationship with. Even if you you don't know anything about a person, you know this about them. Jesus died for them. Jesus rose for them. And no matter what you see on the surface, whatever you you see a person to be, you know they're all the same because they all need to hear about this. They need to know about that restored relationship God offers to them. They've got to know that the new is here, that they can be a new creation too by God's forgiving power. The new creation has come. And still, relationships on this earth, they can get pretty messy. Even the people we thought had the strongest relationships sometimes end up with a shattered one. Picking up the pieces of a, of a shattered relationship is not a fun experience. I'm guessing you've probably had to do it once or twice yourself. Chances are, every, just about every person you meet has one kind of broken relationship or another. So how about this? How about we tell these hurting people about the one relationship they have that is rock solid? It's not going anywhere. How about we we tell these hurting people that if every other relationship they have comes crashing down, that they've still got one relationship that will stand firm? Because there's a lot of people out there with broken relationships, fathers and daughters who aren't on speaking terms, maybe never will be again, brothers who, who fight every time they see each other, a husband and a wife who are contemplating divorce even as they put on a fake smile for their kids, and for their friends. There's broken relationships, but there's one relationship that will stand firm, that is rock solid, that everyone can count on. That God has reconciled us to himself in Christ. That's a relationship that's not going anywhere. Relationships might not always go the way we would have expected them to. Sometimes they're far better than we would have expected. God and us didn't look like a match. But Jesus changed all that. You are a new creation, reconciled to God. Amen.